L.L. Bean has partnered with the National Park Foundation to help you find your happy place. And with more than 400 national parks, there's a good chance you'll find one close to home. Discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. Often we forget that people own RVs for all sorts of reasons. This week we hear from Kimberly D. Carrera of RVTailgateLife.com about the joys of going to sporting events in your RV. Plus, the recent tragic murder of a full-time traveling couple on Padre Island near Corpus Christi, Texas has a lot of people thinking about whether boondocking is for them anymore. We take a look at the numbers and have a frank discussion about RV safety. This is RV Miles. Welcome to episode 118 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, crisscross North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. We are back in the Quad Cities, my hometown, on the border of Iowa and Illinois, and QC, did you miss us? <laughs> I couldn't be happier. <laughs> oh. I have never been so happy to be in the Quad Cities in my entire life. Last week when we recorded the episode, we were en route to yes. the Quad Cities. We were recording from a hotel and now we are here. And I would not allow myself to say that we had arrived until I had exited the truck placed my foot onto your parents' driveway, and then I promptly burst into tears. <laughs> we, uh, we, it, it was really the first time I think we felt that this whole ordeal that we have gone through uh, over the summer and early fall is, is over with. Or and, it's just turning a different page. I mean, obviously yeah. we have months now before we revisit you having surgery and getting that needed metal plate put on, but at least now we can start thinking about our 2020 travels. We can start looking yeah. towards our future again, because we know that that future is actually going to happen. And that is tremendous. And I just feel like I've taken a breath for the first time, a real deep breath for the first time since mid August. Plus I have solved the helmet. issue. Oh, I can't even with you right now. Okay. Like, <laughs> For two days, Jason has been up to something. I, so, Weird things are arriving from Amazon. I'm like, what are you doing? And this is what I get. And every anyone knows this is such an infuriating answer. Don't worry about it. You tell me not to worry about it. I'm pretty sure I need to worry about it. So he, and then he started, I get you now. I see you now. You started sleeping downstairs in your parents' basement, not to be nice to us. You were up to something down there. You're like, oh, I'm just going to sleep downstairs in the basement. No, I, I really am sleeping down there because. Uh, You're snoring. <laughs> because I'm snoring. I kicked him out of the bedroom. I was like, I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> then he went and slept with the kids and the kids were like, we can't handle you anymore. So so if you've been following along with our journey, you know that, uh, you know, I had this brain surgery. I'm missing a piece of my skull and I'm supposed to wear a helmet until I get something put in there, a plate, which probably won't happen until next summer. Uh, and I've been looking for a replacement for this awful, awful medical helmet that 
that I have. Well, he can't wear his glasses right. with, and you know, and he still won't go buy a monocle. Like, I don't understand what I got to do <laughs> to get this guy to be like, Oh, hello. Well, yeah. and, and the, the helmets that I've been looking at, like climbing helmets, snowboarding helmets, all sorts of different helmets. I've, I've tried them on and, and they all put sort of pressure on the spot. They have, you know, sort of stuff inside them, a rigging system that holds it all above your head. None of that really works for what I needed. Right. And so, so our theater friends from time to time across social media keep popping in with like, Jason, I don't understand why you're not just making something. Jason, what? let me, let me talk about tools you can use. Cause you know, Jason has this background in set design and lighting design. And, you know, obviously he completely built our bus for us and he's always kind of our Jack of all trades. So, you know, I see this sheet of plastic, like it, and he's, got it in water. It's like 10 30 at night. Everyone's in bed. So he's like, he thinks he's being real sly. And I'm like, what are you, what is this? What are you doing? Basically, you uh, I, basically I, I, I'm, I pulled a reverse Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> you did. Oh my gosh, you did. <laughs> so <laughs> what I did is I took a piece of, so it's actually splint material. This is the, the stuff that they use, they heat it up and then they can shape it to make splints for all different things for your, your elbow, your wrist or whatever you might need a splint for. And so I took a sheet of this and I formed it to my head and then I cut it out in a shape that works. I lined it with neoprene and then I put a couple snaps into it. And, uh, and then I have these stickers that's, that are stuck to my head that are like the, what they use for electrodes when they stick electrodes onto you, which is why I, I thought of that because I had these stickers stuck to me after the surgery that I didn't realize were there for, for like a week because they were like under my armpit. And then I, I, like, I, I didn't know that. like went to pull it off and I'm like, wow, that's still there after showering and everything. So they stay on really well. So I got a couple of those. So now I have this piece, this plate that I can snap to my head over the the, the spot because it's the spot is only like the size of a plum and uh and so i've got this big shield that goes over the back of my head and i don't have to wear a helmet anywhere i can put glasses on i can put a hat on no and uh, we found we went over to active endeavors here in the quad cities area and it's about we, the only outdoor sporting goods type store here yeah well there's like, like a dick sporting goods yeah. and a few other things so, so we go over to active endeavors and we found buff makes these really really thin beanies, I guess is the best way yeah. to put it. A cap essentially. It's a kind of stretchy material. And I think it's a wool. I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah. Sure. I think it's wool. Yeah. I think it is too. I'm looking, yeah, it's a hundred percent wool. It's real thin. It's real stretchy. It fits perfectly over. It's not tight. And so what's great is that he has been, he's been kind of wearing this before he went and decided to be Phantom of the Opera. He's like Phantom of the RV now. And so <laughs> now he can wear this piece and then he just puts a stocking cap or something over it and it allows him a little bit more freedom. And even like a trucker's hat, like later on, or any adjustable ball cap will be completely fine too, because as long as he can just kind of have something there that sort of helps support this piece, but I'm telling you, y'all, you should have seen the look of triumph on this man's face when he, cause he revealed it to all of us today. So the big reveal, but he's real sly about it. I'll do a video he, on it. I think it needs a, it needs it a does, good paint it does. job. It, it, does. it needs, it does need a paint job. He was like, what's that expression about? Like, he's like the cat that ate the canary. Like his, I mean, his grin was just so, I hadn't seen that man so happy and so proud of himself since he brought the truck home. Hey. 
<laughs> Big he moments was, in my life, he right? Was, yes. So we're very happy that we have found a solution, a rather stinky solution, as you've made the entire basement area of your parents' home smell. Um, <laughs> I used epoxy glue on it, and apparently everybody has not been happy. No, no <laughs> one's happy. About the, no one's the happy. The tiny little dabs of epoxy that Nobody. I've used on it, but okay. Nobody, some of us who um, have who have really like special super sense powers women smell. have I'm, and I'm don't just, even get I'm general. just gonna don't be general. generalized just be the women in your it. life no because with the women in my life there okay. you go that's a better the women statement. in my life including my mother my stepmother my wife my mother-in-law all have superhuman senses of smell yeah we have a very heightened sense of smell my mother-in-law will she'll say <laughs> oh the guy two doors down is smoking inside like she knows she can smell it it's it's truly remarkable <laughs> it's really quite amazing what my mother's power of smell is but we're very happy that jason has a solution that makes him feel more comfortable because he's going to be like this for a while and it's important that you feel good and it's important that we get back out on the road and get back to living our lives we also celebrated uh well, we celebrated my birthday a couple of days ago. Oh, wow. You really worked <laughs> got, that got one put in. That happy in. belated. But we've also celebrated our 11th anniversary. And I'm very happy to have been with you for these past 11 years. Oh, stop. What do you want? Are you still trying? Are you angling no, for that no, drone? Wanna, What's well, going on here? <laughs> I, I wanted to talk. No, we, we went to... We went to Blackhawk State Park oh, here okay, in this area. Okay. I was and, like, what, where's and, this going? And you this want is something. The, the park that we got married in. We got married at a state we park. We did. In, in a beautiful in a lodge. lodge. And we have never gone there, though, and hiked the trails. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I had no idea. There's a trail that <laughs> literally starts right by the lodge, just a couple hundred feet, maybe. And we have, in the 11, 12 years I've been coming to this area, we've never done that. And so we took this hike that was really kind of like, I would say it was maybe a, a mile yeah. loop, maybe a little bit longer with the kids and with my parents, right. um, which is the first time we've gone on a hike with them too. Yeah. And it was nice though. Cause I think the goal is to just, for you, it's gotta be short bursts. We need yeah. to build sort of that stamina back up and we clearly need to build it back up for our kids too, because that was just the a level of like, I'm tired that I got from them. I was like, are you really, you're tired? But or it was really born? fun for me because I've walked, I walked this trail as a kid many, many, many times. And uh, there were a lot of memories getting out on it because it, it goes down a hill. It, it's, it's interesting. Blackhawk State Park used, used to be a uh, sort of amusement park there. And there was this, there was this toboggan, toboggan run that went down into the, the to the river that the, at the base of the park is the, the rock river, which is a tributary of the Mississippi. And, uh, this toboggan run slid down the hill and splashed into the water. So this trail now goes down to where that, that landing was. And yeah. Uh, and Hey, if anyone's listening, who knows someone who might know someone who might know someone that works for the Illinois state parks, could you please let them know that there's a state park called Blackhawk and it could use uh, a little bit of love. Illinois has a really, really bad and rightfully so reputation for not caring about their state parks in the way that they should. There are a and few state park facilities in Illinois that are 
excellent. Well, look, there are more state parks than just Starved Rock. Okay, but let's most be of perfectly them get, honest get, here. Well, even Starved Rock, like the you know the restrooms at the at the campground and, oh, and I all know. that. Well, the campground's a mess there. And Mathiasen next door, its sister park is just totally ignored. And the, it's so beautiful. That's probably of the two. Yeah. That's my absolute favorite. I say go there first before you go yeah. to Starved Rock. A lot of states do an excellent job taking care of their state parks, particularly in the last decade or so. I mm-hmm. think there has been a new emphasis on that. Well, Illinois when, is not. Illinois is bumped up against beautiful Iowa parks, beautiful Indiana parks, beautiful Wisconsin parks, beautiful Michigan parks. And we are just like the eyesore yeah. in this little, little community of states right here. And yeah. so Black Hawk is a really beautiful, it has the potential to really be something for the community because it is just situated right there in Rock Island. And those trails are, that trail was a hot mess yeah just a hot mess they, they literally have there's a whole section a whole bridge of, of, <laughs> missing of, a wooden walkway section that had sort of started to fall over and instead of in this long section maybe 100 feet and instead of repairing it they've sort of let it fall over some and then they're like here's some yellow tape put yellow Don't tape go across over it there. and created a new trail around yeah. it yeah. Like, like cut trees down to create a new trail around it. It's the it it's ridiculous. A crazy, crazy. Thing. It was ridiculous. Anyway, we have so much stuff to talk about. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have the answer to last week's brain teaser. Plus, we're going to have my interview with Kimberly De Carrera of RVTailgateLife.com to talk about all things tailgating. I'm so excited about this because <laughs> it's so different from what we do, but it's something I've always wanted to do. Uh Uh-oh. We are going to be on the infield of a NASCAR track. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) We'll be right back. (laughs) RV Miles is sponsored by PelicanCoolers.com. Hey, the holidays are right around the corner. If you're looking for that perfect gift for the outdoor person in your life, a Pelican Cooler is an excellent option. Nobody is going to be unhappy getting a Pelican cooler under the tree. I have to say though, I want to flip it just not to be about the outdoor person because I was thinking the other day when we lived in Chicago and we used to take these, we would like pack a lunch or something and we'd go down to the museums for a day. We'd go down to museum campus or down to MSI. I absolutely would have loved having that Pelican soft-sided cooler. Oh, that soft-sided cooler would have made our Chicago life so much easier. Because often you'd pack for the day to go explore in an urban environment. You're going to leave that food in the car right you but you're not going to want to bring like as, as urbanites we didn't want to lug around a big giant heavy plastic cooler so having that small like just soft-sided cooler being able to put that in the back of the minivan head on down to msi and then have go out to the van get the lunch for the kids and know that it's still going to be fresh and cold that would have been awesome pelican coolers are made in america they're lifetime guaranteed and the hard-sided coolers are bear proof and they're bear proof without putting a padlock on them. You'll see a lot of other coolers advertised as bear proof, but that usually means that you have to close them and put a padlock on them. And they don't come with a padlock. So that's (laughs) a separate charge. So Pelican coolers have these cool press and pull latches that you can open with your thumb and fingers, but a bear can't. They're a really awesome product and we are so happy that they've been supporting us for this long. Go over to pelicancoolers.com slash RV miles. And if you make a purchase of a hard sided cooler, they're going to throw in a free tumbler. That's pelicancoolers.com slash RV miles and get your order in for the holidays.
All right, we are back with the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. Invisible energy awakened when depressed. Just a few simple touches and I will do the rest. A transformation will take place within my four walls. I'm very effective. I don't take much time at all. I'm a contrivance that's designed for your convenience. I can do wonders given the right ingredients. What am I? And the answer is a microwave oven. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one, Jay. I thought so. (laughs) (laughs) Our winner this week is Patty W. from Missouri, who will receive one of our new T-shirts from the RV Miles Teespring store. I'm very happy about this T-shirt. You are so proud of yourself for this T-shirt. And I would like to thank all of those in the RV Miles Facebook group for awakening the designer and Jason, because it's been a while since he's kind of really wanted to sit down and sort of create. And he did put together a fantastic T-shirt celebrating both wall docking, boon barreling, and just being in the RV life. Very it's cute. A, it's, a, it's a cute little retro looking t-shirt that says sometimes we boom barrel sometimes we wall dock but usually you'll find us far from the gridlock or my i think it's miles from the gridlock but it's not it's not (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm sorry as one who designed it would you you like me to step off your territory thank you for correcting me but you're wrong Maybe that would have been better. Look, I, don't I am know, I'm, but it arm, doesn't say that. I'm armchair so. quarterbacking over here. Don't mind me. I'm just <laughs> an assistant director. So you can check that out. We'll put a link to that in the show notes at rvmiles.com slash 118. Hey, a couple news stories to get to before we get to my uh, interview this week. I wanted to talk about the purchase of Numar by Winnebago, the luxury RV manufacturer. Numar, famous for their class A's and their super C's really solid quality products. They have been purchased by Winnebago. We talked about this maybe about a month ago. That purchase has been finalized, but I wanted to bring it up because we put an article out about this and there are a lot of people, people that not happy. are Newmar fans that express concern. Not happy. And I got to say, you know, uh, uh, this is something I, I try to really talk to people about a lot because I, I think it's very confusing, but parent company, a parent company like Winnebago, it's not the same thing as manufacturer. People might say, I, I don't want to buy a Winnebago product. I'm not a fan of Winnebago products. Well, first of all, I think Winnebago makes pretty, pretty decent products. But Winnebago, Thor, these big RV conglomerates that own a lot of companies, they really do stay pretty hands off. Newmar is still going to be ran by Matt Miller and the, the executive staff that has been uh, that has been running it for years there in Indiana. It's just been purchased by Winnebago. That Winnebago bought Newmar because they do such a great job, because they're profitable. They don't want to change stuff there. If you look at what Winnebago's done with Grand Design, Grand Design has had such a solid reputation in the RV industry. You talk to any Grand Design owner, they are always so happy to talk about how how happy they are with their experience as a Grand Design owner. And Winnebago purchased them a few years ago and Ain't nobody know the difference. Ain't nobody knowing the difference. So I think uh, I think it's actually a great thing. I think it solidifies uh, it solidifies Numar for the future, their strength and and power as a as a brand and as a as a beacon of quality manufacturing in the industry. We also wanted to mention that next week is our holiday gift guide episode. Believe it or not, 
the holiday season is actually upon <laughs> us. I'm already listening to Christmas music. Don't judge, but I already am. So we're looking for suggestions. We've been reaching out to um, everybody in our RV Miles Facebook group. But if you have a suggestion for something that, that is a new product or an old product that you think it's should go on the you gift, gift guide, please let us know. Send us a message at editor at RV Miles or, or on any us. of our social media. Add us at Twitter, <laughs> add us on, you know, at on Instagram, at on Twitter, at on Facebook. Or join the RV Miles Facebook group and you can join the conversation on that post and and let us know what would be a good gift for the RVer in your family. Yeah, because we're doing it a little different this year. And I think I like this and I hope this is what we continue. You know, Jason and I could test products until we're blue in the face and we could tell you what we think. But RV Miles is a community and the community should jump in here and share too. We want to know what you guys love, what you would give your favorite RV or your favorite outdoor person. And I learned so much from you all in the community. So I like the idea that this gift guide is more than just Jason and I telling you what we think you should buy. It's what you as the community find value in. And I think it's, I, I it's always my favorite episode to do when we yeah. do a, a, a gear guide. So I'm excited to do it. One of my big desires ever since we've owned an RV has been to get out and do a little bit of tailgating. I have not really done any tailgating in my life and I see people doing it and it looks like a lot of fun. And I always think about how people own RVs for lots of different reasons. And this is a great example of, of that. So I talked with Kimberly D. Carrera of RVTailgateLife.com about some tips and tricks and just sort of her personal journey on becoming a tailgater and becoming an RV owner. So without further ado, here's my interview with Kimberly De Carrera. Kimberly, thanks for being on the show. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. So I, uh, I'm, I'm a big sports fan and I I've been to lots of, uh, baseball games, lots of football games. Uh, I have never tailgated though. I see people doing it. I, I want to do it someday, but I've, I've never done that. Uh, what is the experience of tailgating in an RV? Well, I'll say this, you're missing out. You need to come join us for uh, a tailgate. So you know, a normal tailgate, if you're tailgating, say, out of a car, truck, you know, whatever, you're going to get there three or four hours before the game. Maybe you'll set up a little Coleman grill or something along those lines and bring out your cooler and have a couple of cold beverages, and then you'll go on into the game. Well, when you're RV tailgating, you're taking this and you're just like throwing fuel on the fire and you're going to amp this up, you know, all the way to 11, right? So as they get in there two to three hours before the game, we're there 24 hours before the game or, or even 30 or, or, you know, more hours before the game. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, for a normal Saturday football game, I mean, I'm in the South. I'm Atlanta-based, uh, and my team is Georgia Tech. So it's college football down in here. So um, we get there. Yeah, for a normal Saturday game, we'll get there Friday at noon, and we won't leave till about noon on Sunday. Wow. Now that's, so that is much more than I thought. That makes a whole lot more sense to me because I've been thinking like, Man, that's a lot of work to just get your RV into into one spot for, you know, six hours. Right. You really do uh, quite a bit of time. 
Yeah, it is the entire weekend. And are you often entertaining other guests or is it, you know, is it a communal thing? Definitely. So we've got, in my kind of group of RVers, there's about, uh, depending on the weekend, of course, it kind of fluctuates, but there's like 18 to 20 like RVs. And because I've been tailgating with these people, some of them since I was a freshman in college, you know, two decades ago. So these people are sometimes are closer than some of my family members. And, you know, we've, I've seen people get married and get divorced and, uh, had babies and we've been, unfortunately to a couple of funerals and, you know, basically this is a big old community of tech tailgaters and we join forces and all of us tailgate together and we plan our menus as a group. Uh, it's not just us, it's, you know, all of our friends that don't have RVs also come over and join the tailgate. So you get, you know, say about 40 to 50 kind of RV owners, but on game day, when all those people that show up three or four hours before the game, then it blows up to like 150, 200, um, for the big rivalry games. I mean, we can have 300 to 500 people at the tailgate. Wow. Wow. Now, if you, I, I know I'm a, so I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and I know it's actually very expensive to tailgate at a Bears game, but that's a, you know, that's a, in a big city. Is it, what's, what's kind of the cost to, to park? Um, well, I mean, for, for me, I'm at Georgia Tech. We're in downtown Atlanta. We have the same kind of space restraints that you would have in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So it does cost quite a bit. It's like, um, I think, for on average, for most games, it's like buying five car passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there are some schools that are have more space. Uh, you can go down to Auburn, for example. They have a big field that um, they don't charge you to stay in there. So it, it just depends on what school you're going to or what game you're going to, how close to the stadium you want, right? Because those. Spots are going to cost more money and things like that. And you can obviously split it between a lot of people. If one, one person's bringing the RV and everybody else is just hanging out, I'm sure. But uh, right. I, I know a lot of people, obviously the, the big college sports games and, and NASCAR is particularly big for tailgating. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people also, you could just bring your RV to your kid's soccer game too. And that's a good way to sort of hang out and, and, and yeah. have snacks so, afterwards and everything. You hear about it, especially for like um, like summer travel baseball, right? Oh, yeah. Where you've got these like week-long tournaments um, for the kids. And instead of getting hotels and, you know, whatever place they are, they'll just take the RV out and uh, set up there. And then with all the, uh, the amenities that an RV has, in particular, the kitchen the bathroom, the air conditioner, <laughs> the heat for <laughs> the winter. Um, it becomes, even for the rest of the team and the other team parents, it can kind of be the central spot for the uh, the whole team at one of these tournaments. Now, a lot of, uh, obviously you can do this with any RV, but mm-hmm. I, I know some, some rigs are really tricked out for tailgating. What's like right. the ultimate tailgating type rig for you? Um, well, I have a class A gas Tiffin RV. Um, and 
most of what my group is is class A's or class C's. We also have, you know, the fifth wheels. We've had uh, travel trailers. You get a lot of like pop up tents, especially down here um, in the south where it stays warmer for most of the year. Um, you know, you're not going to have that at your Chicago Bears game yeah. just because. I'm sorry. I'm a Southern girl. I don't know. (laughs) No, no, you don't even, (laughs) you don't, they'll, they'll stand outside though. I mean, they'll be, they'll have those outdoor TVs out and be watching the pregame stuff and and grilling outside and in the five degree weather. (laughs) Yeah. You guys, you guys are crazy. Um, I'm like, it's it's 40 degrees and I'm like, can I get some more heaters going and stuff like that? Well, you can always sneak inside and and warm up a little bit, I guess. Right. Yeah. And it's maybe adult beverages that help too. Yeah. Yeah. You can, I mean, uh, there's so many people that do it just to their pickup truck and God bless them Mm -hmm. stand outside there in that, that cold weather and that, and that, Hey, Oh, I just remembered I have tailgated once. Ah, I've tailgated (laughs) once. I just remembered I went to a White Sox game with a friend in a, a traditional pickup truck tailgating. Right. He made sandwiches and put them on the engine block for us to drive down there, which heated them up. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> uh, so tailgating is a huge lifestyle. Some people, some people buy their RVs just for tailgating. And, and that's, and that's yeah, all I want to raise my hand right now that I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You, you, so you don't get out and camp much more than, I mean, I guess you, if you tailgate a lot, you go to all the games. That's, that's a lot of camping. Yeah. My my first RV, I definitely got into the, the whole RV lifestyle through tailgating. Um, you know, like I said, I've been tailgating with some of these people for, for two decades now. And so when I bought my first RV, I, I will be completely honest here. It looked like it was straight out of Breaking Bad. <laughs> right? Like I was, I was making meth or something in the back because uh, it was a 1990 Winnebago. Uh, I bought it for $4,000 cash. It was great. It let me figure out, can I do this? You know, the same questions that everybody else has. You know, can I drive it? Can I deal with the sewer? Or am I going to be like Robin Williams in RV, right? <laughs> um, and then, you know, the maintenance and, you know, am I going to like this? Well, I mean, yes, I've always talked with people that have RVs, but I haven't had my own before that. So I had that RV for a couple of years, totally fell in love with the RV lifestyle. That's when I upgraded, got the big fancy Tiffin RV. And with this new RV, I feel a lot more confident in like driving it and going places that it's not going to break down on the side of the road. (laughs) Uh, So I have kind of expanded out beyond the tailgating. Um, you know, most of my tailgating is football, NASCAR, and baseball. In the last couple of years, I have started going, you know, state parks and national parks. And um, this uh, fall, we actually, a friend of mine decided he wanted to bicycle Blue Ridge Parkway. And so I took the RV as like the support and base camp. And uh, we, so we, I drove the entire Blue Ridge Parkway. Well, most of the Blue Ridge Parkway. My RV cannot fit through the <laughs> short tunnels down <laughs> But the rest from Astral North, I, I drove the whole thing and while well, he bicycled the whole thing. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about NASCAR. That's a, that's a little bit different than going to a, to a football game, right? 
Um, it is a little bit, um, mostly because it's longer. Um, so for like the Atlanta Motor Speedway, uh, there's a race uh, in February. They're moving it to March. And we go down there like Thursday, and then we'll be there and not leave till Monday. Uh, so, but it's still the same concept. You're there with your friends, with all the other RVers, you're cooking, you're partying, you're having fun. And then instead of a football game, you have the race. Yeah. And I like to tailgate in the infield. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's really cool to like have the cars going around you. Oh, I bet. I bet. I, I would, I would love to do that someday. I could, I don't know that I can convince my wife to do it, but I, I would love to, to, to get our RV out in the, the infield of a NASCAR race. I think that would be so neat. You know, it's something you need to do once I'm, I, I'm not a NASCAR fan. Um, I'm there. I'm there for the tailgate and race. Yeah. Right I mean, I'm not that big of a fan either. I, I don't watch that many races. I just yeah. think it looks so, it looks so fun. Yeah, it is. And so, you know, for like a football tailgate, you get two nights of tailgating. You get a yeah. Friday night and you get a Saturday night. Right. And so with the NASCAR, you know, you've got four or five nights of tailgating and, um, it's a big party. You know, you can go down to Daytona and spend two weeks down there, uh, which some of my friends, the, the family that got me into the NASCAR race at Atlanta, um, they also go to Talladega, they've got to Daytona, they went to Bristol this year. Um, yeah, so they've gone to quite a few races and they are big time NASCAR fans. They've got their favorite driver and all this stuff, but one of the cool things about NASCAR because it goes on so long and there are other races, you got the big Sunday race, but you've got the truck race and you've got the uh, kind of the smaller car race and those drivers will come around to the tailgate. Um, so I've met several of the drivers um, and you know, their marketing teams and stuff that will give out their little swag bags. And um, it's just, it's like going to a Buffett concert or something. It's uh, it's just everybody's real friendly, and well, and we just party for a whole week. I love it. I love it. That's what I love about RV life in general. Is that RV ownership isn't one thing. It can mean so many different things to different people. For you, it's mostly about tailgating. For others, it's mostly about boondocking. For others, it's about all of the above. And, and you can do so many different things. You have a great website with a lot of resources to for people to learn a little bit about tailgating. Tell us about it. Yeah, so it's RV Tailgate Life. <clears throat> Obviously, you know, my focus is on the, the sports aspect. But as a uh, tailgater, most of our RVing is boondocking, dry camping. Um, one of the cool things about tailgaters is we don't care if you run your generator 24 <laughs> seven um, because it's just too hot in a parking yeah. lot in Atlanta. And even September, you know, the first weekend in October this year was that heat wave we had. It was 105 degrees when I got to the parking lot. Yeah. So we're running our air conditioners. Yeah. We're running the generators the entire time. Um, plus we've got all the TVs and the lights and the entertainment systems. And, you know, we, we it's a big party. Um, and so that takes a lot of power to, to run all of that. Um, especially when you're up till three or four o'clock in the morning, but the website, uh, we've got, you know, tips and tricks and stadium reviews and, 
you know, how life is different as a tailgater than other RVers. Um, I also talk about some of my non-tailgating trips that I take. Um, but yeah, there's just, you know, food. Cause that's all a big part of the tailgate experience. I'm looking at your recipe for smoked macaroni and cheese right now. Yeah. And Reese's peanut butter cup cheesecake. <laughs> that's tailgating food. <laughs> yeah. That's tailgating food. But you know, that is something that when you're tailgating out of a truck or a car, it's really difficult to do. Yeah. Um, you know, in my uh, RV, I have a big old residential fridge, so I can do a cheesecake, right? Um, I, or a lot of times I'll make it at home and then transport it within the, the fridge. But, you know, I can do, um, you know, a couple of the guys have smokers that they'll tow behind the RV or their truck that they'll bring separately from the uh, RV. And so, like, that smoked mac and cheese. I've made it so many times. I'm actually tired of making it because it's so popular, <laughs> but uh, it started off just like a normal Mac and cheese. And then like one time it got ready before everybody, before the meat was ready. So we're like, well, I'll just stick it in here to keep it warm. And the flavor profile changed completely because of the smoke from the meat and everything. And that's where we're like, Oh, this oh, is nice. really good. Nice. There you go. Uh, well, tell us one more time where they can find you on, on the website and, and social media. So it's RV tailgate life. Uh, and so it's just RV tailgate life.com for the website. And then on social media, it's the same thing, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, uh, Instagram, it's all just at RV tailgate life. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kimberly, for joining us on the podcast and telling us a little bit about tailgating. I'm going to have to be talking my wife into here and into, into doing. Some hey, you want to come down to a NASCAR race with us? Uh, you know, come on down. Uh, we can get you in there and uh, that way you'll at least know some people and uh, so that you can have some some people to kind of guide you through the process the first time. RV Miles is sponsored by VersaTube. If you're looking for a way to protect your RV before the winter hits, VersaTube has you covered, literally. And you better get moving on it too. It's supposed to snow three inches here tomorrow. Mm -mm. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> From RV covers to carports to garages that you can build yourself, VersaTube is like a grown-up erector set with steel. VersaTube ships directly to your door and is the perfect protector for your class A, B, C travel trailer or bus conversion. And since VersaTube loves RV Miles listeners, they're offering 5% off any standard RV cover with the coupon code RVMILES, all one word. Head over to VersaTube.com, look at all their offerings and use the code RVMILES to get 5% off your VersaTube cover. Keep your rig protected this winter with VersaTube. I have zero doubt in my mind that if we were stationary, you would have a VersaTube for the trailer. Yeah, and then we'd actually be staying in the RV under it. <laughs> Probably. 
<laughs> the minute it said erect or said, I was like, well, well that's Jason. <laughs> RV Miles is also sponsored by RV Repair Club. Whether you're already on the road planning your next trip or thinking about installing a few upgrades, RV Repair Club has you covered with step-by-step videos designed to make navigating the RV lifestyle a breeze. Have a question about the health of your black tank and who doesn't have a question about the health of their black tank? There's a video for that. Or maybe your AC is being more hot than cool. Well, there is a video for that too. RV Repair Club's premium membership features thousands of professional how-to videos that will keep you informed and on the road. Unlock your premium membership today and head over to rvrepairclub.com and use code RVMILES at checkout to save 90%. Yes, 90%, off your first year. A full year premium membership is only $5 for RV Miles listeners. Visit rvrepairclub.com and enter coupon code RVMILES, that's all one word, to save 90% off your premium membership with RV Repair Club. So if you've been following the news, the, the conversation in the, the, the RV traveler community recently, you know about these, the tragic story of, of the butlers, a couple who was found murdered in a shallow grave on, on a beach on Padre Island near Corpus Christi, Texas. And uh, they're, they're, thankfully the suspect has, has just been captured. Um, but it, it's a story that has a lot of RV travelers reconsidering things. A lot of people thinking very closely about, you know, do they feel safe, particularly when they're boondocking? Um, so because it's become such a big conversation, I thought it would be nice for us to take some time to, to really look at boondocking safety from, uh, you know, from a, from a perspective of an analytical uh, yes, perspective. Yes. I think, I think it's important before we get into it to say that the emotional aspect of this is really for you, the individual to kind of tackle and yeah. discuss with those in your life that you are boondocking with, or you keep in touch with, because this is one of those topics where what's good for me may not be good for you. And it's important that you know what is good for you, but it's really important that it comes from a place of knowledge and understanding and what the data is showing. And the data, again, is only one component of this. There are so many ways that we as travelers experience the road and experience this lifestyle. And it's really important that as a community, we have discussions like this because these are tough discussions to be had. And there have been some tough discussions about this across social media. And there have been some tough discussions when this article was shared on the RV miles across RV miles, social media, yeah, but we so need to have them. I, I wrote an article for the RV miles website. So some of you may have already read that, that sort of detailed some crime statistics in the country and, and some of my thoughts of, of, about safety. So I just want to go through a little bit of that here and you can check out the article. We'll link to it in the show notes. The first thing I wanted to do was to, to take a look at the safety of rural areas versus populated areas because I th there's a there's always a conversation when we talk about safety on the road of whether uh, some people feel safer in a campground near people who might you know they have met who might you know report something suspicious that sort of stuff there's other people who feel safer out in the middle of nowhere because people commit crimes and when they're away from people there's less opportunity for crimes to be committed near them. But really you have to look at the statistics based 
on not how many crimes happen in a certain area, but how many per capita, right? You have to have a baseline of like for the number of people in that area, how many are victims of crimes. So it is true that for the longest time in this country, that rural areas were much safer than populated areas. It might come as a surprise to a lot of people to realize that actually in the last two years, rural areas have had a higher violent crime rate than the national average. Regardless, I think it's sort of a flip of the coin. I think the safety of a populated area is about the same as the safety as a rural area, but there are different considerations for each area, right? There's different things you need to think about for your safety in a populated area versus a rural area. Well, it's an example you give too that, yes, you have to think of these in different ways, just as you have to think about driving your RV is different depending on the area you are in. The way you interact with an area is so much based upon that area itself. I don't drive the RV the same way on a highway, the way I do in a city street. I don't boondock the same way I, I camp with full hookups. It's all very much environmental. And so when you go into these situations, when you make the choice of how you want to camp, it's just really important that you be as informed as you feel comfortable being informed. You don't have to know everything about everything in order to do these things, but you need to feel comfortable doing them. You need to feel informed when you do them. So another thing that I wanted to look at, though, was the safety of federal lands, because that's a little bit different than saying rural areas. Right. And it's really hard to come up with statistics that are just crime rates on federal lands in general that we might be boondocking on. Right. But what I did find was something that I think is important to note, the amount of law enforcement that is available to help support you if there is a problem is very limited on federal land. In fact, it's been decreasing drastically. The Forest Service, which is one of our biggest land owners, has decreased their law enforcement ranks by 19%. The Bureau of Land Management has decreased theirs by 9%. And Bureau of Land Management land, there's one law enforcement officer for every 1.2 million acres the agency oversees. That's crazy. That is a that. Is, so if if you have if you have an emergency, law enforcement is not going to be able to get to you. There won't very be quickly. one guy in 1.2 million acres. That's so one that's person. something really important to to consider. But in general, the whole the whole reason I wanted to look at this in in general, we get this feeling from the media, from social media, um, from television, from the 24 hour cable news networks. We get this feeling in this country. I think a lot of people have expressed this concern that it is much more dangerous today out there than it used to be. And the reason I wanted to really write this article was to, to point out that that's definitely not true. There has been a severe drop in crime in the last 30 years. The crime rate, the violent crime rate and the property crime rate, both of those rates in this country have halved since 1991 highs. Halved. That's huge. 
I think we live in a time now that we're all still trying to figure out and navigate in which we are able to consume information at a rate that we have never been able to do before. And I think that as a society, as individuals, as a country, as a world, we're still trying to figure out how we do that how we unplug from that, how we discern what is and isn't factual, what, you know, where do we believe? How much do we engage? Like, do I walk away from this conversation? Cause it's just too volatile. Like there's so much happening and it's happening so fast that I think as I, I find so- social media to be a double-edged sword for me. There are so many things I love about it, but there are so many things that I find as a parent, really hard to figure out as an individual, really hard to figure out as someone who has to adult on a regular basis, really hard to figure out. And I think that this is one of those conversations where because this information is jetting through so fast and there's so many different things out there to look at, sometimes we don't know which way to turn. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think when it becomes important that we as the community have a discussion, it does take a village. It does take a community and we need to talk and we need to present these facts and we need to, we need to fact check the facts as much as we can and make sure that we all understand what it is we're getting into when we go boondocking, what it is we are getting into, you know, when we camp with full hookups or we camp in a federal or state park, it's just, we need to have these conversations and they're tough and they're uncomfortable and they've gotten uncomfortable in some places, but they're important. In, in reality, the most dangerous thing that we do as RVers by far, by far, far, far is drive. Driving is you're much more likely to become a victim in a driving accident than some sort of crime. Well, it's the old story about how people are so afraid to fly but they're completely fine to be in a car. Right. But the odds, are, I mean, you're in a car more than you are in an airplane. So the odds of something happening to you are going to happen yeah. in a car before they happen in a plane. Even but because you, it's unknown to us, because it's not something we do regularly. Right. Even if you do it by, foreign. even if you do it by mile of travel, it's not even as much as, as, as the fact that you're in a, a, a vehicle more, even if you just do it by mile of travel, plane travel is, is safer. So we have an article, as Jason said, on RV Miles about this. And then there will be, we are going to further this discussion with a video over on YouTube. Uh, I find it difficult for me to swallow sometimes conversations like this because they're born out of such tragic events. And, you know, it just, it's hard for me to come and have this conversation because the reason this conversation is coming up is because two people lost their lives in a really horrific way just because someone wanted their truck and trailer and some man from Utah decided whatever he decided. And that's, that's awful. You know, and honestly, I didn't really want to, to talk about this much, but it has become such a, 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 a strong emotional pressure point for people that I think, you know, the, the bottom line is yes, I actually feel that it is safer than ever to be out there, but also that doesn't mean that you don't need to be every bit as vigilant and think about your safety. Yep. So we'd love to hear what you think about safety. What are some of the choices that you make to protect yourself, to keep yourself safe? Uh, and, you know, just put them in the comments on the, on the show notes or, or come over to social media and, and let us know uh, because I'm, I'm writing an article as well about things to do to keep yourself safe. And, you know, really think about it, get into it because it, it can't be as simple as, as, you know, one thing or another, 
um, that has to be a plan in place to, to help keep you safe and keep your family safe. All right. Let's move on to something more fun. Let's shift gears a little bit here. It's time for our fresh tank, black tank segment where we talk about the good and the bad uh, in a humorous way, usually <laughs> in, in pretty, the world. Pretty frivolous. Abby, what is your black tank for this week? Well, actually, I'm doing an update to my black tank from last week. So okay. I don't really have a black tank, but I wanted to update because I talked. But whatever. Okay. Well, you know, I'm in a pretty good mood this week because we're in the Quad Cities. So. We talk, I talked last week about some videos that were up on America's National Parks Facebook group about um, these bison that were coming up to cars in Custer and licking them. And I was talking about how that just did, I black tanked it because I was like, well, what are you going to do if these bison come up? And, you know, it wasn't a negative thing. I was talking about it, but it's giant bison up against your car, right? So Katie over in the RV Miles Facebook group shared a little insight as to why that was happening because they had a situation similar to theirs when they were in Wind Cave National Park last month. So I just wanted to share what she wrote. And she said that they had asked a park ranger about this when they got to the visitor center and that the park ranger explained that in the winter, the bison use cars as salt licks because they say salt, they salt the roads to get rid of the ice. And so the bison are attracted to your car because they view it as a salt lick, which explains why a lot of the two videos I watched, the bison were near the wheel well and they were looking in and around that area, which is where exactly that sort of residue would have come up and sort of been there. So I'm just, I thought that was really fascinating. I figured there had to have been some kind of reason and I appreciate someone doing my homework for me. Yeah, I, I really never <laughs> thought of it that way. I, uh, well, I, this early in the year, I wouldn't have thought about it, but you have to remember Wind Cave, Custer, Yellowstone, those guys are already dealing, even in where we were in North Dakota, they're dealing with negative temps, temps this week, you know? So they're dealing with winter way earlier than I would have thought, which I would have maybe thought about this if I had heard this story in January. So that's my black tank. What's your fresh tank this week? So my fresh tank this week is I'm really excited to we, to share that we have decided to give an FMCA rally another try. And maybe this time we'll leave the brain infection at home. <laughs> but we've been chatting with our friends over at the Family Motor Coach Association over at FMCA. And we are going to be heading to the FMCA rally in Tucson. Now this is their, this is one of their two international conventions. Yes. A, a year. I shouldn't call it a rally. It right. feels very spirit. You know, it, it is like it a is, rally, but they have, it's bigger than a rally. Yeah. It's an RV show on top of a rally with uh, seminars and all sorts of stuff. And speaking of seminars, uh, we're going to take it a step further this time. And we are actually going to be presenting a few seminars at the FMCA's 101st convention. So this is all very exciting for us. We look forward to joining our FMCA family again in Tucson to being in Arizona in March. It's happening March 26th through the 29th in Tucson, Arizona. And if you are going to be in the area and you want to come to Sunsets and Suaros, which is the name of it this year, 
We would really, really love to see you. We would love to give this a second try. As I mentioned, we'll have more details once we iron them all out with FMCA, but we are going to be presenting a few seminars on a few different topics. So we would love to see you. We would love to hang out with you. We would love to give you a big old hug in person to thank you for all the support and love that you have showered upon us as we stayed in Why Not My Not? (laughs) For an extended period of time. If you don't, yeah. So if you don't know, we when we arrived in Minot, we were there for the FMCA con- convention. And that's that lasted our, two days. <laughs> then we decided instead to give no cardia brain infections a try. If you're not a, a member of the FMCA, we we highly suggest you check it out. It's it's such a great deal. It's about it's about seventy nine dollars a year now, um, and that includes a monthly magazine. It's worth it just for that. Uh, but all sorts of other benefits that that are really fantastic. But you don't have to be a member to go nope. to the convention either. You also don't even have to own an RV. It's a great place to, like I said, it's also an RV show. So it's a great place to look at RVs as well. Yeah. And learn a little bit more about the lifestyle. So that is my fresh tank for this week. Jay, what is your black tank? My black tank this week is uh, South Dakota, the state of South Dakota, not North Dakota, is raising their state park prices for both entrance and camping. Now it's not bad. You know, prices have to go up with inflation yearly. The, the, the increase is really not that terrible. Uh, but do prices have to go up yearly? Well, you I know, mean, that's do they things get more, you know, when the, with inflation, things get more expensive every year. My income doesn't go up. Yearly. <laughs> well, it, it, theoretically, your income would go up with inflation. But hey, Just saying. Um, but the, an annual state park pass is going up to thirty six dollars from thirty dollars. Not terrible. Prime camp campsite. Prime campsites are going up to twenty six dollars a night. Again, not terrible. But this is the the thing that I made me look at this and with a little bit of what made uh, you black take this? side eye is the quote from from the um, the senator about the increase and in why they're doing it. I'm sorry, the quote from the uh, the Fish and Parks Department, the Game Fish and Parks Department about why they're doing this. And one of the basic, one of the biggest reasons they're they're doing this is because they feel that their prices are too low and that it's an it's unfair competition with private campgrounds. But squeeze me. <laughs> they feel baking powder. They feel what? that they are being unfair <laughs> to private campgrounds by being so affordable. So they're raising prices. That's I got. There you go. Yeah. Let's Uh, just leave it at that. What's your your fresh tank for this week? Or we're going to be here for hours. My fresh tank is this is a cool thing. Okay. CBS is developing a new show called The Trail. This is developed by Wilmer Valderrama, who who, was on the 70s show. That 70s show. Wow. What a what a total departure. Well, actually, I mean, he's actually become a serious, but kind of a big producer in, yeah, in no, Hollywood recently. He and has. this show is it's written by David Harrington Miller, who wrote Rosewood. And it revolves around an elite unit of investigators within the U.S. National Park Service who work the highest profile cases in Yosemite National Park, a location known for its rare beauty and extraordinary danger. I think this is really cool. I, yeah, I do. TV too. series in development, a drama about I mean, National okay. Park Service Rangers. I think I okay. I think it's 
cool. I think it has all the trappings of being completely melodramatic and making sort of like a Miami vice out of, I mean, this is, this is David Caruso level potential here. I, but I don't Whipping think up. it's going to be that. I, I think hope it's, not. I, think I, it, I hope that it's true to yeah. what the job is like. It's going on a prime time, you know, station at CBS. Yeah. They have a lot of, you know, they're in CIS, um, franchises. It's really, I'm not trying to like knock it down. I think it's cool. We're having something that has to do with the outdoors and the national parks. I just don't want it to be like so sensational. Yeah. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't judge before I've seen. So that's, but that's just my only hope knowing the history with shows like this. I mean, cause come on, we've watched Chicago med, Chicago fire yeah. and Chicago PD. Yeah. And we know living in Chicago. I mean, it that might that be along those lines. It might. <laughs> that kind of trauma and drama is not happening in the city on the regular basis. Uh, speaking of NCIS, though, Wilmer Valderrama is on NCIS. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yes. Uh, I had no idea. Also, I don't you know, watch CBS, though. So yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot about. Also well known for playing Handy Manny on Playhouse Disney. Now I'm familiar with that one because our kids loved Handy Manny when we they were growing up, when they were little. So I thought that was pretty cool. So that is my fresh tank for the week. All right. That's about it for this episode. Let's got. wrap it up with a new brain teaser. If two hours ago, it was as long after one o'clock in the afternoon as it was before one o'clock in the morning, what time would it be now? Let if me, you know let me the say answer. That again. <laughs> if two hours ago, it was as long after one o'clock in the afternoon as it was before one o'clock in the morning, what time would it be now? If you know the answer, head over to rvmiles.com slash 118, the show notes. There will be a form for you to put in your answer, or you can head over to rvmiles.com slash brain teaser. All right, that's it. That's it. We're done. Thanks Let's for chatting. Let's have fried with us chicken week, at your guys. grandma's house. Let's do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's like literally everyone's waiting for us to be done with this, so we can go have fried chicken at Grandma Alice's. <laughs> Welcome to our life in the Quad Cities. We have loved having you with us this week. We wanted to mention real quick before we run off. You know, you can find us all across social media: Facebook, Instagram. Twitter and YouTube. And going forward, we're switching up. We have been trying really hard to put our podcast episodes up onto YouTube to film us doing them and interact with everyone in that way. Our lifestyle does not allow for that. Yeah. It just doesn't, unless you want to see yeah. us, you know, sitting in a hotel room or sitting on our bed late at night when we're recording the podcast, because we just, our life is just a little different. Being on the road, Need to we have don't want to have to shower for you guys every time we Listen, need to do a podcast. I just want to be in my loungewear. You don't understand. I'm sitting on the floor in the office right now doing this. So what we've decided to do is take little segments of each week's show and give them their own little discussion topic. So this week we did have a more in-depth discussion about boondocking. That'll be up on our RV Miles YouTube channel, probably at the beginning of every week. So you can go over there and have a more extended conversation with us on a particular topic. So each episode going forward over on YouTube is just gonna be a little extended version of something that we talk about here. 
Finally, if you have not checked out the See America podcast, that's our newest podcast here in the RV Miles Network world. We would love it if you would go over and join. And I want to finally say before we say goodbye to all of you who have been coming over to Apple Podcasts and leaving reviews for RV Miles, y'all are amazing because they have made me laugh (laughs) so hard. I appreciate that you don't just say, you guys are great because I do appreciate that. But what I appreciate is when you, you talk to us and you, and you share something funny or you disagree with us. Like someone recently said, no, uh, Emo's pizza is the best, you know, you're wrong. It's terrible, <laughs> but whatever. But what a but smi- thank you for your nice comments. What, otherwise, what a smile, <laughs> what a smile that brought to my face, you know, and I appreciate those who have really taken universalizable and just made it something so tremendous. And you're doing over that. You're giving us another way to interact with you and interacting with you fills my heart with so much joy. So thank you for bringing joy to our lives every single week, all across social media. If you want to find us, you know where to find us. We're also an editor at rvmiles.com. But until next week, you guys know the drill. Keep logging those RV miles. Bye.